Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today we're going to talk about some film news. We're going to do a little bit of a trailer ticker. We're going to talk about uh, production limitations <laughs> that led to film greatness. And then finally we're going to talk about Tim Miller's Deadpool. Someone's got to wear it. Before we get to all that, we're at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us, search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook, Vine, and iTunes and all that good stuff. Midwest Film Nerds, wow, MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 165 plus bonus episodes with full show notes and timestamps so you can skip over the stuff you don't want to hear like Spoily Terry or Nerd Drivel. And uh, finally, we can say store.midwestpodcastnetwork.com has all of your Whoa. Midwest Game Nerds and Midwest Film Nerds apparel including what? t-shirts, hoodies, and drink cozies. You can also donate to us as well. Using a link in the store. Unfortunately, none of the merchandise is available internationally, even though we have yes, an our entire fan base is international. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll we'll try and figure out a way to get things out to you. As my brother said, you can always contact us if you want something. Youp, I know that you want a hoodie. I'm trying. We'll figure something out. But uh, anyway, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show, the things we talk about. We got a few things of feedback real quick that I wanted to touch on. Um, Yoop and his friend Robin wrote in with their Oscar picks, so we'll be comparing those against ours. Get those in before the Oscars air in order to be a part of our thing. I don't know if it's going to be a real contest or anything. But, when are the uh, Oscars? Can you remind me? The please? Oscars are Sunday, uh, February 21st, I believe. Still little time. Is that this coming Sunday? I think that's this this coming Sunday. So you'll have yeah. a couple days. Um to take a look and give us your picks if you would like to. Yes. Um, on top of that, we also got a top five from Gordon himself, who uh, was the man who thought of the idea of us talking about our top five movies. So we'll get to that. But uh, he also had a few other unrelated things to say. Number one, he said, how fucking awesome was Deadpool? I hope you review it tomorrow. So, yeah, here's your wish, Gordon. Yes. There you go. February 28th, actually. February 28th. Okay, so you got a whole nother week. Yeah. you got a whole nother week. So if you're like me, you don't need to procrastinate quite yet. There you go. And then uh, number two Gordon, from Gordon, he said, I was super surprised and super happy to hear that two of you had the nice guys in your top, uh, on top of your most anticipated list. I don't have one, but if I did, this would have been my number one pick as well. The trailer is perfect. Thanks, Gordon. I agree. Pretty fantastic. Uh, and on top of all that, finally, we're also going to do something with the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Every year they do an Oscar compilation show where they ask other podcasts to go over a particular topic from the Oscars, particular category from the Oscars. We're going to be talking about Best Adapted Screenplay. So uh, look for that in their feed when uh, it comes out. I think we have to have everything in by the 18th, so it'll be out sometime after that. So, uh, yeah. All right. Time to get into film news. Mm-hmm. Number one. Mm-hmm. 
Star Wars mm-hmm. Episode Eight is officially in production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they released a little video. They released a little video thingy. I didn't watch it. I, not because I thought there'd be anything in it. Because I was like, Did you see the Force Awakens? It. I did. Then you didn't. Okay. Um, You're clear. Ryan Johnson's on set. Benicio del Toro was confirmed finally. It wasn't just him saying I did it, but or I, that I'm in it, but he is actually confirmed. He's Villain in episode. I don't know if he's Villain, but he's in episode eight. One can hope that he's playing the collector. This is all big Ponzi <laughs> scheme. There's so also he is a the new... true face of Snoke. <laughs> it's possible. Tenelier Tavon. Preferable. Uh, there's also a newcomer to the story. I a can't remember bat. her name. I'll, pr- I'll pull it up right here. Her name is Kelly Marie Tran. So she'll be joining. And then also, Laura Dern is joining the cast of Star Wars Episode Ooh. 8. Always a welcome addition. Yeah. yeah. So... No idea who she's playing, what she's going to do, but maybe she's Ray Mama. Oh, maybe she's going to be Snoke. super awesome for sure. Yeah, maybe she's and very tall. Yeah. Snoke is very tall. Snoke waifu. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. She Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> Any other Star Wars thoughts before we move on? No, I'm excited. All yeah, right. me too. Uh, it has now been confirmed Joe Carnahan will direct a Bad Boys 3 that will star. Will Smith and wow. Martin Lawrence. I'm this is so weird because I had no idea there were any talks about Bad Boys 3, okay? I had no idea, and I swear to you, for no reason, didn't hear it on the radio, <laughs> nothing. I got the freaking song from Bad Boys 2 stuck in my head the other day on the way home from work, and I was like, why have they never made a Bad Boys 3? I wonder if it's because Martin Lawrence is like out of shape or something because we haven't seen him in a while. Like, I, like, I ran through all these Bad Boys 3 things, so this is very nice. I'm yeah, glad. so apparently it is happening. And uh, yeah, two of the... Popcorn Michael Bay films that I actually enjoy, or it did enjoy at one point in time. So I'm excited to see what Joe Carnahan will bring to it, too. Yeah. I hope it's I th- super mean. I think he's the right kind of guy to like. Put I'm surprised some... Michael Bay's not going for it. That's he's like, too busy with Transformers. Like Transformers him. 7, 8, and 9. <laughs> or whatever I'm not directing it, but I am. <laughs> he's After so I'm done silly. directing it. Like, just, just, keep, just direct the rest of him, Michael. Please. <laughs> Dude, just keep going. Benghazi didn't work out for you, but... He's contained. All right, and then uh, finally, in the film news segment, I wanted to touch on a teaser poster that came out today with the tagline, You'll Never See Him Coming. Filmed by Black & Decker. The Predator remake. Oh! actual teaser poster out today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on. I apparently have no idea what's going on in Hollywood. <laughs> Can you run this back for a second for so me? So there was a teaser poster released today okay. for a Predator film that Shane Black and Fred Decker have been working on for the past. Black and Decker. Yes. Oh! <laughs> that was not Tarzan Boy playing in the background. <laughs> that was Willie. Yes, that was. That Tarzan was... Boy's always playing in my head. But... <laughs> wow. So let me pull up the actual. T- it's nothing special, but. That's I don't great. care about the poster. I mean, I want to see it, but I don't care about that. I care about... Is Arnold returning? I don't think we know this as of yet. Someone find out. Holy Where's shit. Where's that intern? <laughs> so Shane Black is directing this? Yes. And him and Fred Decker worked on the script? Fred, yep. Oh, my God. I think you knew about this. You, no, 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 right no, no, in, no, 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 like a couple of years ago. And I knew that him and Fred Decker were working on a Western script together for a TV show, which maybe I was very place, excited maybe about. Maybe it takes place in the West. So 
this is very exciting. Yeah, so the, the official Predator Facebook page posted an image today that said, here we go again, bro. And it just was this teaser image that said, it's a picture of a Predator, says, you will never see him coming, and it says, the Predator. So... I mean, if anybody can it do looks it, looks like a steelbook cover or something. Right, it looks like, but it's the actual, it's like the official verified Predator Facebook account. Wow! So, wow, that's wow. that's awesome. You know what the biggest like bit of excitement I get from this is is Fred Decker's working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on something that I know about. I'm sure he's been busy. I'm sure he's been writing and stuff, but he's like working on something big. This, this makes me very happy. There's justice in this world. Give the man a little movie to direct too, please. That'd be great, because he's awesome. Yeah, he deserves it. Oh, about that. Yeah, pretty crazy. Amazing pretty awesome. that like a supporting guy, like a like a very almost bit role from the first movie, like, <laughs> and now he's he's writing and directing the next. That one. is really interesting. Like, what well, a bunch of centers around his character. What a trajectory! It's <laughs> just <laughs> his brave heart. He survived the first movie, <laughs> yeah. and oh, man. they actually pulled him on to write first, right? That could be the case. Uh, he I was a Hollywood they, darling at that point. I think they pulled him on to write part and of And they were like, hey, Predator. you want a little spot? And they're like, hey. Yeah. I, you're probably right. I, I don't know a ton of behind the scenes on Predator. The only thing I know about Predator is the Jean-Claude Van Damme thing, which is amazing. Um, and I'm sure you guys both know that story. So. Yeah, he was yeah. in a suit. Right? He was in a frog suit. The, because Predator was going to be like a half chicken, half frog when they started production. <laughs> and so there's, there, there's footage out there of Van Damme running around in this shitty red like chicken God, frog suit. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Maybe that's what this one will be about. Maybe. I actually enjoyed Predators for the most part. I never yeah, watched Predators. The, I've only seen it's Predator. solid. Predator's the only Predator film uh, other than Predator, Alien vs. <clears throat> Predator, but those don't count. We should do yourself a favor and play Predator Concrete Jungle because it's really yeah, awesome. It's pretty sweet. That game's cool. It, it's bad, but it's it's fun. Or Predator 2 for Sega Genesis is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Alien vs. Predator games. And then I'll pull out the Terminator 2 for Game, game Gear that I yeah. have. Yeah. Robocop vs. Terminator for Genesis, also good. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. I think we can move on to the trailer ticker. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> uh, first up, why don't we talk about Batman v Superman? Or why don't you guys talk about Batman v Superman? Final trailer was released ahead of the movie's release in March, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. What are our thoughts? I think it's probably the most gratifying trailer because it it feels the most it definitely feels like the most fun it's the one that has like the most it's just action there's not a lot of like the bad dialogue that has been or maybe not even bad dialogue but the out of context lines that are i feel like the dialogue might flow better in context in the actual movie but when we're catching these snippets of conversation you're just kind of like yeah i don't know about that trailers tend to be that way yeah yeah and it's um Whoever's editing their trailers isn't very good. Like, the audio mixing isn't good. A lot of it's very abrupt. Everyone I've watched have been like, this is clearly sound patched over from another scene, and it's not smooth at all. And the music just is is really poorly done in this trailer. <laughs> it's in like Guns N' really Roses guitar licks. It's <laughs> but so it, weird. Yeah, but it just stops suddenly, like, without... It's the other half of the David Lee Roth vocalist. <laughs> yeah. it is. It's so weird. It, but it's it's kind of a fun trailer. It's just it's just action, 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 and you're like, okay, this scene, and, and it, it treats it with like a sense of a little bit more fun. So that's that's good to see mm-hmm. DC kind of letting up on the the dark broodiness. 
Yeah. And even the last couple of trailers have had a few one. They've been, they've oh, been yeah, getting no. increasingly lighter. Increasingly sillier and more like yeah. bombastic, which I, I'm looking forward to. The first like 40 seconds of this trailer is super awesome. It's the best of anything we've seen of anything. Yeah, it's a really far. good Batman short film. Like that first. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it's a really good Very short, short Batman film. TV spot. Like, it is, yeah. Honestly, yeah. they could just take that and release it as a TV spot. And <laughs> okay. it would probably be the best marketing move they've made. Yeah. Because if anything's going to put a, like twice the asses in seats of Man of Steel, it's going to be Batman. Yeah. So. My only concerns, I'm liking the tone being a little lighter and whatnot. My only concerns are that it's to me personally it seems like from a marketing perspective they're really trying to like shift like the way they're promoting the movie that's fine maybe i mean the response wasn't universally loved or hated i don't think for that first trailer i wasn't a huge fan but and this is alleviating some of my concerns so yeah. it's working but i'm a little bit that's weird it's almost they're i don't know it's very strange that they're like no guys for real this is gonna be fun we promise you know what i mean like it's, which is, I don't know, we'll see. The other thing that concerns me a little bit is it's very, I hope they're not backpedaling a little bit in terms of like relying too heavily on the Batman thing as a crutch. Believe me, I am more excited to see Affleck in that Batman costume kicking ass and being old than like anything else in the movie. <laughs> but I should also be excited for other stuff and I haven't got there yet with other stuff. And that's yeah. a little disconcerting for me because Man of Steel some loved it, some hated it, some fell a little bit in between. It was divisive, I think, is, is fair to say. Yeah. yeah. And I'm concerned because there's not they haven't knocked anything out of the park yet other than Batman movies. And I'm worried if the movie leans too heavily on Batman and it's not balanced enough with Superman and I guess even a little Wonder Woman. Um, and Aquaman's in this movie too, which is just mind-blowing. <laughs> um, I'm a little concerned that they're going to rest on their laurels a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to fall back into the old we'll see i don't know i'm i could be just concerned about that for the wrong reasons but i'm a little worried about it it's weird because like i said it's the thing i'm most excited to see but it's also the thing i'm worried about because it's like i hope they're not i don't know i will see we'll see what happens there was some scuttlebutt today that warner execs i was gonna bring that up that yeah. the, the movie might be too smart for Marvel audiences or something like oh that. that's not what i heard what did you hear well i've heard uh just a lot of <laughs> I've heard rumblings that it's not testing particularly well, like amongst the execs. It's just not what they wanted. And I heard some, to to use the word again because it's fun, scuttlebutt today that depending on how the movie performs, they're yeah. thinking about moving Batman, the Batman solo film, to take the place of Justice League Part 1 and pushing everybody back until they figure out how to do it. And that Zack Snyder probably will not be involved going forward. Yeah, part of that... that <laughs> I'm using air quotes right now. News. Um, scuttlebutt. Part of that scuttlebutt. Reminds me of Scuzzlebutt from South Park. Remember reminds me of Beta Ray Bill. Oh, nice. Um, Marvel. Part of Marvel. <laughs> part of that is uh, is that the, apparently the budget, the production budget ballooned to $400 million, which is absurd. A lot of money. Um, I, it might not. There might be no truth to it. Uh, who knows? But they were here for a long time, an abnormally long amount of time shooting things. So... Yeah, I mean, so much so that we thought they might be filming two movies back to back. Yeah, I thought they were supposedly shooting a little bit ahead for like Justice League, but and they might have. Who knows? We don't know. But I'm, a, I don't know. Did I'm the Weinstein's make that comment? By the way, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's, it's, it's all behind. It's like sources and whatever. Interesting. Like Drew McQueenie came out with the initial report that was like they want to rethink everything, and then somebody from Batman on film. 
which doesn't sound very official, but I think it's it's no, yeah, that's of a, a pretty legit. There's yeah. somewhat of an authority on yeah. Batman and DC movies. So they, on they, film. they came <laughs> they came out and said um, it's not so much that they're worried about the quality of the movie, but they think that it's not going to test well with audiences and it's not going to make them much money. Interesting. They think it's good. They just don't think they and they think that the the phrase that was said is that they think that it won't. Um, that Warner Bros. thinks Marvel fans are too dumb for Batman versus Superman, which that seems a little unfair. Yeah, I, I, I saw this last trailer. I think we're gonna be okay. Speaking as a Marvel fan, <laughs> I, I yeah, I can kind of see where their what their concern is because Marvel the Marvel films tend to rely on. Like a, a lot of them have very like quippy humor, and it's it's stuff that everybody can engage in and laugh at. The plots are generally pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. And I, DC, that's part of the reason DC is in general across the entire brand is a harder sell because their characters are not relatable on that level. They're gods. They're they're, they're, all, yeah. they're all gods. Yeah, essentially, and they're all, basically if you take a whole universe of Thor's, like can you can people necessarily buy into that? Are people concerned about, you know, what are they going to rather see? Captain America and Iron Man punching each other in the face or a man and a god debating about, you know, this 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 subtext about the nature of good versus evil and right versus wrong and morality and sure. all. And maybe these are the themes that are going to be present in the movie. And these are the things that a lot of DC characters are good for. It's almost like mythology. Like we have these these larger than life gods that we can cast these problems on and it's a way for humans to analyze their own problems through this lens and while dc characters are great for stuff like that you know it's not going to be easily digestible that by kind everybody. of pontification isn't something that comes across the the average right. viewers and it's plate. it's a hard i'm sure it's a it's an incredibly hard balance for them to strike if they want to keep exploring those themes it was one of the things i loved about man of steel was there a lot of the a lot of the flack that Man of Steel gets for the biggest thing being Jonathan Kent's uh, death, which I love. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. And it's one of the things that old, the diehard Superman fans, and even just relatively casual Superman fans, think is stupid. They're like, it's, it's wrong. It's out of character. And I'm like, yeah, but for the movie, it works really well. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's explained well. And it's a pretty powerful moment. I dig it. But most people didn't. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, we'll see. Batman we'll Superman. see very soon. Yeah, we so. will see very, yeah, very super soon. Yeah, super duper. I'm excited. I mean, you, I, super I don't have soon? particularly high hope. I'm, I'm, I'm riding at like a 50% optimism right That's now. That's honestly the best bet. I think on it, with most of this stuff, you just you have to just go in and just say, I hope it's good. And that's about it. Like, March 25th is the day. So mm -hmm. We're yeah. creeping up on just a month away. Yep. Yep. Finally, after like three years of <laughs> in production. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get the other comic book stuff out of the way. There was a the first trailer for Daredevil season two came mm -hmm. out on the interwebs. Uh, it's coming on March nineteenth, which mm -hmm. is a Friday. You well, watched this? One I did because I coerced you into it. Yeah, strong armed you. Yeah, I I'm only really going to say stuff that you guys already said before the podcast, but it looks like they're definitely stepping up the production value, which is great. It just looks cleaner. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I I remember. Reading like or when the first trailer for the first season came out on Reddit, I was like, "This looks too grainy for me. It looks too grimy and like 
I shouldn't say grimy because that, that it just looked too lo-fi. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. And even the hallway fight scene, which is amazing and so much fun to watch, it just looked cheaper than I wanted it to. And some in this in this trailer, some of the effects with like light bulbs breaking and going off, and it just looks much crisper. And I really dig that. Yeah, it does. It looks like a natural evolution in terms of like the the costume looks way better. Thank way you. better. That dumb yeah. costume from the first season. Yeah. I think there's more red in this one. And I think yeah, yeah. It's way, it's way more red, which is sweet. And they kind of fix the f- head to make him not look... It doesn't look as bulbous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he just looked like a giant and just had like the penis helmet on. And his forehead was just very big. It reminded me a little bit of the Captain America helmet in the first Avengers movie. It looked really awkward in certain yeah. scenes. Um, John Bernthal. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernthal yeah. looks really good. Covered in blood for most of the trailer. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Just awesome, yeah. And he seems angry in the right way. Angry, it's like but this, not it's screaming. Like, it's like this yeah. seething, burning anger that's just right there. Bubbling into the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably going to explode in some episode and be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. So glad they're getting into this duality of, of uh, I almost said Deadpool, Daredevil, with uh, just struggling with right with you know the law and the vigilantism and, and where, 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 where you draw the, the line. line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and how easily can it be crossed? Mm-hmm. That that could be very cool. Oh yeah, I'm super excited. I'm not sure. I'm I'm, I'm curious because I've heard I, I've heard certain people say that Punisher is kind of the villain of this season. Like he's kind of That's the overarching villain. Looks like, and then I've the heard, I, but but it's interesting because it's I don't know if I necessarily want that. I mean, I want him to be. I I almost hope he's more of a Joker like force. force. Yeah. It, like in Dark Knight, I mean, Joker is hugely important to that movie, but I, I hope that he pops in at like the most inopportune times and, and fucks up Matt Murdock's life like in ways he doesn't expect. <laughs> <clears throat> I hope he's basically Jason Statham in Fast 7. No, oh, no, boy. I don't want that. But, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. I just saw this panel, too, from I had forgotten about from Civil War when it, the comics when they happened in like 06 or whatever. When those supervillains show up, some of them show up to help Captain America's cause, and Punisher just shows up to them and blows them away. Who does he just murder? Right? He there? murders. Uh, he murders. Uh, it's somebody, Jack Lantern. It's somebody really funny. And uh, Je- the Jester, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Shoots, Shoots him, him right in the, the head. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then like, Captain- hey, Cap, we're here to help you out. <laughs> the Punisher just kills him. No questions asked. Yeah. And then Cap just beats the shit out of the Punisher. It's so good. The whole thing's great. It's hilarious. It's but like, good. talk about inopportune moment. Like they were there to, to pitch in and help out, and then Punisher no. <laughs> Dead. Just guns him down. That's really good. Really, really. Yeah, good I'm. Stuff. I'm curious. I. I don't. I agree. I wouldn't want him to be the main villain either because I think people sometimes root for the Punisher. Like he kind of like he like he even says in the trailer. I think you're a half measure. I think you're, you know, you're not you're not there to get the job done like I am. And I think that sometimes I know when I've been reading Punisher comics, I, sometimes I've been like, get him, Frank. Like that's right. You get. I think if they that, make the villain deplorable enough, you're like, yep, feed him well, a promise. Well, John, John Bernthal even said in an interview recently, he was like, people are going to have a hard time liking the Punisher. So maybe they took him far enough out there to where you're going to I be mean, like, I mean, ho- hopefully he's not executing jaywalkers. But, you, know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you pay the price. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you're going to the witch prison. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's not that hardcore. But I, I hope that... Um, I think the hope would be that he gets spun out into his own show at some point. I, I mean, that's the plan. I have a feeling it's more of a Batman v Superman situation. You know, I don't know if he'll like turn around to be helping 
Whoever I don't see him teaming whoever up. Whoever a bigger but. bad is in the end, I don't think. I don't know if that's going to happen. But maybe. maybe I sure hope there's a bigger of, bad though. I always. Like I hope that, so too. I like that bigger bad lurking in the distance. And it yeah. might be the hand from what we're seeing. Yeah, I hope. What if, I hope what if that's Trailer Part Two is just ninja madness? <laughs> I will lose my shit. I will lose just my shit. Five if I see, if I see like Daredevil <laughs> fighting a billion ninjas, <laughs> just John Berthold screaming and firing a <laughs> shoe. <machine laughs> <and ninjas. laughs> I will die. Like, like sign me up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. very excited for this. The, the the potential for this whole Netflix thing is is very very exciting. I, I think they've knocked. They're, they're two for two right now for me. There's been there were a couple missteps along the way, but any like serialized television is going to be or not serial. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's going to have some missteps. So I'm very excited. Yes. <laughs> Are you just envisioning? Picturing Bernthal with a mini gun like the rock. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. Oh, my God. Man. Yeah. See? It's got to happen. The hand, um, you, the hand uh, you know, just get him in there. And, and uh, we're still getting Iron Fist, too. So. Yeah. That's great news. Yeah, give me some casting, though. I like, let's do it. Like, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm getting kind of bummed every time. It's like, could this guy be playing Iron Fist? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I brought up the other day, apparently, while I was in Japan, um, Mike Coulter, Coulter joked yeah. that they they have Iron Fist cast, but he's locked in a basement somewhere. Yeah, so. and I'm pretty sure they do. Like they I'm, probably do. I'm super bummed. Did, did you guys hear who's not going to be playing Iron Fist? My, Dan Mr. Stevens. Dan Stevens. He's playing Legion on the FX Legion show that no one oh, gives a shit yeah. about. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's not fair. Many I'm, people do care. but I, I'm a little more like... Bummed out that we don't have like a clear picture of the roadmap that's going to lead to defenders. Like, is that still a plan for like soon, or are they just going to no? It's let these seasons play out and then be like, all right, almost nobody cares anymore. Let's put them all together in one. From what I understand, they interviewed, um, I think the showrunner for Jessica Jones. I don't recall her name, but um, she had said they were going to where we plan on doing a Jessica Jones season two, but. We gotta wait until after Defenders because there's a schedule for things. Okay. So they've got a plan. It's got to be the hand. The hand has got to be the big bad for Defenders. Oh yeah. What no, else? I think they. I think they're laying the seeds for this already. I just don't think we realize it yet. Stuff like the if you remember the little child weapon that the hand. No. Are trying yeah. To- I, I. 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 I know that the seeds are there in the shows, but I don't necessarily like. I feel like there's a lot of transparency in Marvel pictures you're talking about announcing things ahead of time yeah and laying out they're obviously like five years down the road i just want like a what's like like jessica jones season two isn't happening until after defenders does it mean we're going to get defenders this summer well the i think i think the thing is i think it's smart in this case because they're saving themselves from marvel's first failure they're saving themselves from that because if you announce, okay, Jessica Jones season two is going to come the following year, and then we'll, you know, what if Jessica Jones did horrible numbers? Like, you can keep Kristen Ritter on for Defenders, but you have not announced any continuation. Yeah, because there was you no... You can say, oh, that was always a one-off. That was always, like, just a... And that... There was no Daredevil season two until it no, did. No, that was not... And, and, I, and I understand. And it allows like, I, for that's... some fluidity, I think, which is good. So I just feel, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the only just thing that bumps me out is it feels like Iron Fist keeps getting pushed back yeah. because this shit's doing well. I'm 100% like, in favor of this approach because I am bored of knowing what's happening in the next year, two years, three years, five years. I'm, I'm so sick of being like, wow, when I'm 34, I get to watch <laughs> Infinity War Part Two. Great. Let me just pencil that in my calendar right now. Like, <laughs> I, I kind of like the feeling anticipation again. It just feels weird to me that we're going to have like... I the way that it that it looks to me is almost that we'll get Jessica Jones season two and then we'll have Defenders. 
Like it's probably we're gonna get Luke Cage in like the middle of this year, probably. I Iron would Fist say towards the end. I mean, they they Luke might... Cage is probably gonna be no, no. Luke Cage is probably gonna be November. Yeah, I think that that's gonna. I think be... Luke Cage is almost done. But, but I think they're they've they have they didn't said, release Jessica Jones sticking... until late in the year. And that had been done. I think they're sticking to their two shows a year thing. And I think that's okay. I bet we'll get Iron Fist around this time next year. They'll probably cast yes. it. They'll shoot it. And then we'll probably get Defenders yep. Iron Fist will be the, is the last show before Defenders. Right. It's probably pretty well tied into what Defenders is going to be because of all the mystic and the hand. and You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I agree. So I think that... Um, I think... Do you wish? <laughs> I do wish. I would like an Altoid, please. I don't want to kill you Winter guys. Green. Um... Billy Wintergreen. <laughs> what is that from? Arrow. Oh, God. Oh, that's right. Who is Billy Wintergreen? He's Deathstroke's. Oh, that's, yes. He's opposite. Fake Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so no, I, uh, I I don't know what I was talking about. Iron Fist is going to happen at some point. I'm, yeah. thinking, I'm thinking that Nick's probably on point, though. I'm thinking Luke Cage is going to be November, maybe October, somewhere in there, like when they did with Jessica Jones. And then I think they'll wind up doing a February slash March release for for Iron Fist, and then so Defenders just, might be a summer thing though. They might wind up doing like a big summer, although like TV's not big in the summer. It so. just feels weird to me that they're like we're going to have two years of 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 Deadpool, Daredevil having a show, and then Jessica Jones is going to get one, and Luke Cage is going to get one. And they said from the start Daredevil was their. Flagship. I think He's it's the Captain same America. approach as Iron Man because if you're, I mean, Iron Man's the only character that got two solo movies before Avengers. Yeah. All right, and I think it's to just uh, Daredevil did gangbusters. I don't know if it did better or worse than Jessica Jones. In ter- I would assume better just because he's a more well-known character, but I could be wrong in terms of ratings. But, but um, I think it makes sense to release a couple Daredevils because a, I think he has the most obvious stories to tell. Yeah. B, I think you can introduce a lot of other characters like Punisher and Elektra that can go elsewhere go too. elsewhere through Daredevil. And then I think C is just he's he's going to be the Iron Man. He's the flagship character of this brand of this portion of the brand. You know? Okay. Yeah. So I, I I see what you're saying, I totally do. But I think there's I I can see reasons. I can see gears Plus turning. Jessica's story has some closure at the moment. Yeah. Daredevil, it's a nice resting Daredevil's, point. <clears throat> he just kinda got going. Kind of open. Yeah. But I hope we do. I hope we do see a, se- a season two of Jessica Jones. I I initially wanted her rolled into kind of a heroes for hire type show, but I think I want her to be her own thing. I, I because I enjoyed the first season so much. God, I, I can't wait for Iron Fist and then the inevitable heroes for hire. <laughs> <laughs> so many ninjas. <laughs> Just give us Ninja Flood the show. Horde mode. The only the only thing that's missing from this equation is Moon Knight. That's the only thing that if. It, if we could just squeeze in a Moon Knight show, please, somewhere in there before Defenders so we can have him on screen with them fighting Ninja, please, please do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We will see. All right. Real quick. There's a Pee-wee's big holiday trailer mm-hmm. out that's coming the day before Daredevil on March 18th on Netflix. What a, what a Netflix coup. What did you guys think? Looks like a lot of fun. I'll watch Paul it. Paul Rubin's... Uh, honestly, did they pull him out of a yeah. time capsule? I, I don't think... Pee Wee missed a beat. It's unbelievable. It looks it's fun. so crazy. And Joe there's, Manganiello is. There's a lot going on in that trailer. Like he is just. It is Pee Wee's big holiday. He's going all over the yeah. place. Is it? It's a movie. It's not a. Yeah. It's not like a six episode thing. Oh my yep. god. It's a movie. What the hell? Uh, Ninja How long Flood, is by, it? by the way, NinjaFlood.com is thirteen dollars. It's available. So Boom! Nice. Do it. <laughs> what about NinjaFlood.accountants? Uh, 
Not sexy. <laughs> it's just scantily clad women and men in ninja outfits, like <clears throat> running at the screen. Yeah, I'm looking. Also, Kindergarten Cop Two. We watched the trailer for that. It's abysmal. Yeah, I oh, guess, sad, yeah. and it's it's. Uh, it looks just like a sad facsimile. I mean, of Tom's first... getting paid, so yeah. All right, NinjaFlood.com. Looks... This is seventy six dollars. Yeah, and, like uh, what a way to tarnish. The Good Memory of Kindergarten Cop 1, which is a wonderful movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, Dolph. The whole thing's just gross. That's <laughs> weird to me. It'll disappear. It's okay. It's Yeah, it's going straight to DVD. Walk so. back into the ocean and die. It's the only movie <laughs> being released straight to DVD nowadays. It will be silenced. <laughs> Ninja Flood that's sexy, 1773. All right. That's not bad. Purchase all these. So uh, before we get to our discussion of Deadpool, I think we want to talk about some limitations that led to movies, uh, movie movie magic, or things being better than than what they could have originally been. Yeah, sometimes productions don't go as planned, and sometimes that's actually kind of a, a blessing in disguise. Or even last week, I mentioned the um, the Groundhog Day, how yep. they took a bunch of ruining the hotel room out and just replaced it with a simple scene of cracking a pencil just to eliminate. I think they, they filmed all of that, actually, so it wasn't even a budget cut. But that doesn't even fit the story anymore, so forget about that one. Willie, no, It kind of makes you... sense, though. I mean, if, it, if it's not working in the story, then cut it and replace it with something smaller and better. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it you know, it's it's something that I think they could, if they didn't have the budget, they would have, like, that would have been a good way to solve the issue. But I think they filmed <laughs> all of that, trashing the hotel multiple times, and then I've... Uh, uh, Harold Ramis is just like, hey, what about this? And then they're like, oh, yeah. And this is relevant because the this was an, uh, a hurdle that Deadpool faced, mm-hmm. and it resulted in a pretty memorable part in the movie, I think. Well, memorable recurring gag Yeah. that um, we'll get into later. Yeah. Spoiler, Terry. Uh, so, Willie, what, do you have any particular production limitations turned into gold stories? Yes. Um one of the, the the one that I want to bring to the table is uh, Romero's Day of the Dead from '85. So Romero, you know, he made Dawn of the Dead, made some movies in between that I think weren't quite as successful, and and I think it was one of those. I don't know whether it was pressure from the outside or he just decided I need to do this for my career, just do another zombie movie so I can get myself back on the map. And so he wrote Day of the Dead. Now Day of the Dead was this the script. The original script is online. I honestly, if you're a fan of his or zombie stuff in general or just horror it, the script is fantastic it's totally worth a read um it was referred to i've heard it referred to from savini T- tom savini and greg nicotero as the ben-hur of zombie films because it's this thick <laughs> like three-hour zombie epic that was going to close out his series like there's a definitive ending in that script yeah that it ends, and I don't want to say anything about it in case somebody reads it, but I'll tell you guys offline because okay. it's, it's really cool. <laughs> um, but anyway, so what happened was he wanted to release, he wanted to do this movie. This was going to be his big you know, zombie epic, and the producers were into it, and they loved the script, but they're like, we cannot you – know, like, like, this will have to be a you – know, we'll, we'll give you this much money. Let's say $10 million. I'm just making that up, and uh, you know, it'll be rated R, and we'll get it in theaters. And Romero's like, no, it has to be unrated. Like, I'm not releasing this thing rated. I don't even want the MPAA to look at this motherfucker. Like, this thing's going out nasty and gross and just is. <laughs> and they were like, we'll do that, but we're cutting your budget down to like $3 million. <laughs> 
we'll release it and rate it, but we're not spending that kind of money on that because you just they won't advertise for it in papers back then. Mm-hmm. They would not do it. They would just show give you a showtime and not tell you the title of the movie. Wow. And put the rating because they would not print you know the title in the in the paper. And that was a huge way people went to go find showtimes back then. Like there was not the internet. You couldn't go on yeah. on. Uh, you know, Flickster or whatever people use. Yeah, you probably you maybe wouldn't even be able to like call the phone line. Yeah, uh, I don't maybe. believe they advertise that way either. Yeah. They just said, you know, movie rated, da 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 da. You know. Anyway, so needless to say, he had to cut the script down, and he kept a lot of the characters, kept certain scenarios, changed some things, swapped some genders, merged characters, all that stuff that you hear about when people have to do rewrites, and wound up with this really tight, I think, hour and forty minute movie, and. It's the better for it because I love that script as a script and it'd be a great book, zombie book, but it wouldn't, I don't think would be the the movie that day that it wound up being. And I know people didn't love day of the dead because upon its release in general, because it wasn't, it wasn't the follow up to Dawn of the dead that people wanted. It wasn't the big, crazy, loud action packed zombie go get them boys kind of movie that Dawn of the dead was. Yeah. It's dark and it's nasty and it's nihilistic and it's very mean spirited. I didn't it wasn't even nuts about it the first time. Like I felt like I needed to take a shower after I watched it for the first time. But the beauty of it is because of those limitations in terms of his budget and his producers just saying, if you want to if you want your vision to be unedited, then you need to make the sacrifice. It wound up being this awesome, I think a better representation of the themes that he was trying to put forth about the decade that was the 80s and about uh, civilians' relationships with the military. Like, that's his big thing in that movie. And I think that the finished film is a much better representation of those themes. So, yeah, it worked out well. But read the script. It's awesome. The the original script. It's super good. And read his script for Resident Evil. It's actually really good too. So. Oh wow! I didn't even know that. Yeah, he was he was he was directing Resident Evil. Wow. Like Romero was coming back, and, and it was going to be. I think first movie came out in two thousand two or two thousand one. Something like that. Romero was coming back making a zombie movie, and it was going to be Resident Evil. And I'm sorry, this is totally off topic. No, no, no. And for those that don't know, this was happening. Like he was locked, and I was losing my shit. <laughs> like I was like Resident Evil by Romero. This is going to be unbelievable. But needless to say, things happened and. I think it was another situation where they were like, we cannot film this this because that script is giant and insane. <laughs> like, Have you read it? Oh, hell yeah. It's awesome. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. It's got all the characters from the games. It's got the most amazing like set pieces, awesome set pieces. What a shame. Horrific set pieces. The whole thing's fantastic being and it's it's like a like I've read a lot of scripts. And I can't say there's many of them that are page turners. Like yeah. I'll read through them, I'll take a break and read a little bit more because scripts are scripts, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. But this one was like I have to finish this motherfucker because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. It's out there too, so read that too. <clears throat> Sadly, Romero didn't get to make a lot of the movies he would have liked to, and, and his scripts are very good. So yeah. there's still time. You never That's know. True. Remove it from the clutches of widescreen, please. <laughs> what is he? 89 years old. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's getting up there. Big burly son of a gun. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, you got any off the top of your head? I got a couple. Yeah. Um, the fir- very first one I thought of when I proposed this topic is uh, one of my favorite moments in, in movies and one of my favorite stories to talk about, even though everybody knows it, is uh, Harrison Ford having dysentery on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. And these guys not knowing what to do, and I'm like, I can't do this whole bullshit fight scene. I'm just going to shoot him. <laughs> All right, and it's so iconic, and mm-hmm. it's so That's hilarious, beautiful. and he plays it so effortlessly. Where he just kind of 
reholsters and looks around like, all right, what was I doing before this <laughs> big dumbass distracted me? It's perfect. It's yeah. superb. And then uh, I think the perennial example, also Spielberg, Jaws, the entire movie of Jaws. They give a mechanical shark that's not working. What are you going to do? Don't show the shark. Cut the shit. Yeah, yeah, just and even though they shot a bunch of it, and there's probably hilarious footage somewhere of just this terrible malfunctioning. <laughs> yeah, Bruce. Thank God uh, for his editor who locked him out of the room and said, "Get out of here, asshole!" Like I'm cutting this movie, and you have no say. And Steven Spielberg was fighting for it. He was so because he had spent so much time in frustration, and yeah. And in the end, he was like, "Thank God!" Like, thank God. <laughs> there's a I couple was, shots of Bruce. I was in the young movie, right? and dumb and didn't know any better. Oh yeah, and they're awesome. Like they're yeah. terrifying. Jaws the ones is, that they picked were the right ones. They're so scary. Ah. Jaws still scares the bejesus out of me, and I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Um, Oliver Reed dying in the middle of making Gladiator. Mm. Um, I believe they had a lot more for Proximo to do, and then he passed away. And although it's very sad, I think it made the moments where he is in the film super impactful because it, it he carries so much more weight and uh, you only get these little sprinkles of him throughout but every scene is a home run and he's just so 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 good it's <clears throat> excuse me it's sad he's not in the movie more but uh when he is there does he ever shine my and his favorite exit is beautiful mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah my favorite scene in the movie is his first uh big speech to maximus when he convinces him to get back on the road as a gladiator and work their way towards the towards the coliseum oh my god it's so good he was he's it's amazing that the, the guy was dying and mm-hmm. was at the absolute top of his game like, dude he there is fire in his eyes in that scene and i'm like man that is one that they should show to to every acting class I'm like this is the kind of thing there's so much nuance going on there and it's phenomenal yeah um another one result of an, an actor doing something unexpected not dying but uh, when they cast Brando for Apocalypse Now and he, oh, ref- he refused to lose any weight. And- he showed up bald and fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they couldn't do anything they wanted to with him, but it resulted in the iconic moments of him just sitting in the dark yeah. and only his face shining through. And like uh, that's We were just talking about this the other day, some friends and I, and um, how, how well known that is now because they had no choice. Like, we can't show this sumo wrestler. And, uh, um- He's terrifying that movie. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he shot a certain way and... Yeah. yeah, and I don't think this one's necessarily good, and it's pretty recent, but Paul Walker's death, mm-hmm. it's obviously very sad. It was very uh, very tragic and untimely, but um, the ending of Furious 7 is really good Yeah, because of what yeah. they chose to do with his character. It's a really awesome ending, and I don't think they would have done that necessarily, Hedy. We probably would have still had a cool ending if, if you know he was still around, but... It, it packed a hell of a wallop at the end of that movie, the way they sent it out. Yeah. I think just the way they were able to, I don't want to say salvage the movie, but salvage. Restructure it. Yeah. That, that movie should have been in a, like a complete mess, and it wasn't. Incredible. Like, James Wan and his team. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the very last one I have, it's not really a production limitation or anything, but it's a creative limitation that is, is awesome. The show Strangers with Candy. I'm a huge fan of this show, and I've tried to make everybody in my circle of friends watch it over the years to some to varying degrees of success. But the main character's name is Jerry Blank. Uh, and this show, if you're unfamiliar, is like one of the earliest things Stephen Colbert was involved in, and Amy Sedaris, and it's from like the late '90s, and it's pure gold. Yeah, what's their comedy troupe that they were in? Um, I forgot which one they were in. Were they in Second City? Or UCB? No, they weren't I in think, UCB. I think Second City might be it. Yeah, yeah I, think, I'm not, I have I'm a not book sure. about Second City. It's really good. Second City are the ones in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yes. They're not the Canadian ones? No, that's... Okay. Um, wait, hold on. Where Harold Ramis and them came up. Oh, man, now I'm all messed up. All right, let me look it up. <clears throat> I think that might be Second. Anyway, we don't know our stand-up comedy troops, but that's fine. Um, we're not that funny. But, 
he, so Clearly when they were when they were writing the series and it was created by four people, they were they knew they wanted the main character's name to be Jerry. They were like, her name is Jerry, but they didn't know what her last name was going to be, so they kept drawing this line like Jerry blank. They just kept putting this blank, and then eventually, some it clicked, and someone was like, let's just call her Jerry blank. Like that's her last name, and they were like, boom. And then this amazing character was born. The name Jerry Blank is so perfect when you were watching it. And then her father, they couldn't come up with a name for him either. So his name is Guy Blank. And <laughs> it's so awesome. Every time anybody addresses him as Guy, or and then there's a whole other shtick with his character. You just have to watch it. But anybody yeah. out there who has not seen Strangers with Candy and has a little bit of a twisted sense of humor, it is hilarious. I promise you, seasons one and two, you will do nothing but laugh the whole time. And season three, you'll laugh most of the time, but not as much. Blackman. And Stephen Colbert. Oh, Principal Blackman, Blackman amazing. Yeah. Stephen Colbert, amazing. Paul Donello, amazing. <laughs> As Joffrey Jelinek. It's, I forgot about oh, Paul it's, Donello. <laughs> it's divine. It's so funny. The movie is not that good. So don't don't seek out the movie thinking you'll get the same experience. Anyway. It was Second City, but it's their Second City Toronto. It was oh, okay. Harold Ramis, and then there's Second City Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Uh, but... Yeah, young Stephen Colbert is... Oh, that's a beautiful thing. He's amazing. <laughs> His relationship with, with Jerry and with uh, Joffrey is just mm-hmm. amazing. Absolutely. It's so funny. Anyway. All right. Uh, the two that I had were basically just based off of budget cuts, but Back to the Future, the original plan was that the time machine would be a refrigerator in the back of a pickup truck. And instead of wiring it to a clock tower that was going to get struck by lightning... They were going to just drive it into the middle of a nuclear explosion. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird setup. But sounds so stupid now. <laughs> they like, didn't have the money to do that, so they worked out the plan that they currently have, which I'm very thankful for because that's terrible. And I don't think they'd be selling toys to this day of a, of a refrigerator in the back of a pickup truck. So. <laughs> in a nuclear explosion. Probably not. Look what happened to Indiana Jones when they had money yeah, for a nuclear it's, explosion. It's like, did Sp- Spielberg just have that kicking around in his brain because they, he like heard the... The stories about uh, a fridge and a nuke. Fridges. <laughs> like, fridge and a nuke. There's yeah, something there. Something, yeah. All right, and then um, the other one that I that I just read about today that apparently the whole coconut gag in Monty Python was because they didn't want to pay for horses. They didn't have the money <laughs> really? to pay for horses, and that is like one of the most iconic things out of a movie that's all iconic things. That is one of the most iconic things in the movie. Is the I think the ending that, was a similar situation, too. They, they didn't know how to end the movie. Yeah. And they were like, why don't the police just show up and take everyone away? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a Monty Python thing to do. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. To like, I'm pretty sure someone probably just took a big hit off something and was like, guys, what if? <laughs> What's the worst thing that can happen at a great party? The cops show up. There that's, you go. That's our ending. <laughs> you know, I swear there are some uh, about the first Rocky movie because they didn't have... Well, the the I read I read about that one today. The skating rink they couldn't afford extras for the skating rink, so they mm. just said that it was closed for the holiday. And it's a wonderful scene. Yeah, so much that, better. That's than, a very delightful yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Happy accidents. Yeah, so that's really cool. If you know, if you guys know any more of these, and you want us to talk about them on air, please. These write are in. so much fun to talk about. I love I love hearing this shit. Again, and some of the most iconic moments in 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 movies tend to come from this kind of situation mm-hmm. oh man good stuff Absolutely. this is movies yep well after that uh marathon there we've got a whole movie to talk about yeah uh tim miller's deadpool starring ryan reynolds uh marina becker and tj miller mm-hmm. uh, ed screen um anybody else that i miss that's good enough well, yeah. i think that's good 
Uh, the IMDb synopsis says, A formal special forces operative turned mercenary is subjected to a rogue experiment that leaves him with accelerated healing powers, adopting the alter ego Deadpool. God, that sounds like the worst movie when you say it that way. <laughs> it, so- it sounds like it's Dolph's movie after Kindergarten Cop 2. <laughs> Deadpool 2. I have a movie or I have a DVD set that my dad bought me called 15 Movie Action Pack. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's one disc and it has like <laughs> several Chuck Norris films and several Jean Claude Van Damme, that kind of shit. And this is exactly what that is. It's like 240 like. by 120 screen Probably, size. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, so, Deadpool. I don't know if any of us were that excited about this movie before any trailers hit. I think we were all kind of like, Deadpool's pretty played out. Yeah, and, um, yeah. You know, I think we all liked Ryan Reynolds and the idea of Deadpool. It just kind of got old, especially since this is a movie that he's apparently been trying to make for eleven years. Well, it's just weird. It's one of those. It's one of those rare characters. I think that you see people running around with like Deadpool shirts on, like T-shirts and yeah. stuff. Like I, I, I have, uh, I had a roommate who was like brought up Deadpool multiple times. I love Deadpool, and I'm like. I know for I've known you since we were in second grade. You don't read comic books, like how do you know Deadpool? How do you know Deadpool? Moreover, like, how do you love him? It was right, exactly. <laughs> but it, it was a character that had become so weirdly so like ingrained somehow into um, just pop culture, pop culture that, and I didn't feel like there was anything that had happened to justify that yet. Yeah. So I was like, what? Like I don't know. So I was a little like, I, when he's got eight titles, right? Like ongoing yeah. titles, I get a little annoyed. But yeah. But on that note, it makes it weird that they never made like it took this long to make a movie happen, you know. But yeah, uh, I have a theory behind that. Please dispense right now? with your theory. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, sure. Boy. Do you want to wait? No, I mean spoilers? I'll wait till it's my turn to talk about the movie in general. Well, it's your turn to talk about. Oh, the movie now. great timing. Uh, <laughs> I well, just initial thoughts. I suppose I loved it. I think mm. it's phenomenal. Well, phenomenal might be a little strong. It's very good. I did actually happen to see it twice the opening weekend as uh, my girlfriend sprung it on me. I don't know if she won't say that's the case, but that's what happened. That uh, She wanted to see it, and I was like, oh, I had no idea. So we went again mm-hmm. uh, for Valentine's Day, actually. It worked out great uh, with you, Alex. Yes. And, just uh, me. Yeah, just Not Alex. Yeah. <laughs> also Alex's too. girlfriend. <laughs> 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 Although that would have been fine, too. Um and we had a lot of fun. She liked it a lot, too. And she's definitely a fan of Ryan Reynolds. Although she admitted later, she's like, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen more than one Ryan Reynolds movie. I just love love the way he looks and his attitude. It's like Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, she was like, I don't think he's ever been really good in anything. And I'm like, well, he's been good in a couple things, but I see what you're saying. But anyway, um, I think it's way better than it has any right to be. I think the action is very good. I liked it a lot. I didn't think it was hard to follow at any point. I tended to always understand where everyone was in physical relation to each other in the world, so that was good. Uh, despite the fact that a lot of it is animated, it feels very real and tangible. So that's what you get when you have an, you hire an animator as your director. He does a great job. Ryan Reynolds is perfect. The cast overall, I think, is very good. The writing, I really enjoyed. The way it's structured is really unusual, and it works very well. Um, the costume is probably the best superhero costume I think I've ever seen in, in a superhero movie. Uh it's great. But anyway, my uh my theory that I that I think the reason it took so long for this to get made obviously because the people that wanted to make it, Ron Reynolds and, and Tim Miller presumably, um were I'm sure saying it has to be rated R. Yeah. And it has to be violent, it has to be profane, it has to be it has to have sex in it. It's got to be it's got to be a movie for grown-ups. 
for adults. It's got to be what the comic is. Right, exactly. Well, what the comic was. Mm. And <clears throat> I think that's part of the reason it was such a hard sell because uh, they knew, like, well, we might not have the best time at the box office with this. But the thing that's fascinating to me about this movie is that I think it is a hundred times harder to make a good Deadpool movie than it is to make a good X-Men movie. And these guys managed to work together with the studio and with the writers and the director and, and, and the actors and everybody managed to collaborate to make something that's really good, despite the odds being that it was going to be bad. I mean, how easily would it have been for this movie to fall flat on its mm-hmm. face? Breaking the fourth wall, all these pop culture references... Things like that usually make me cringe in a movie because I'm like, you just dated your movie hardcore. And I'm going to watch it in five years and go, that's not funny at all. But this movie managed to pull it off, I think, for the for the most part. And uh, it's fascinating that we still don't have a really, really, really satisfying X-Men movie because you have just such a wealth of quality material to draw from. And I begin to wonder, at what point does the studio step out of the way during the Deadpool process saying, all right. You got us. Here's your money. Just make us some money. I think the X-Men thing comes down to it being birthed in a time where the studio definitely held more power. Like, more so than, like, anybody creatively. We have had kind of an uh, unfortunate regression with Brian Singer getting back in the director's chair. Well, and he was even in the producer's chair for, like, for First Class, which I think arguably might be the best of, like, actual X-Men. It's the best X-Men movie. Yeah. I, but, I, yeah, I would say it is, yeah. But, Days of Future Past was very good. It's, and it was cool that he returned and managed to, but he should have. And his it. style made sense for Days of Future Past. His, just his, his, the black leather and just the look that he likes in those characters. Makes sense in the Makes future. sense for like a dystopian, like, you know, like yeah. it worked. Um, I don't know. We won't talk about X-Men Apocalypse. It's, it, I, I think it's just one of those things where not, o- not only was it studio control in the beginning and also Brian Singer's part of that issue, but then on top of that, it became a cash cow. And that means chances don't want to be taken. Right. And And it's just made for X-Men movies that are maybe enjoyable movies, but not necessarily amazing X-Men movies. This is the best representation of the X-Men that's been on This is the best X-Men movie that there is. I mean, it's basically an X-Men movie. Deadpool, for all intents and purposes, falls under the X-Men umbrella. Even though he's not really a mutant, it seems like he is now in the movies. And, but uh, he's always hung out with those guys. Right, and he always wants to be one, and they always say, no, you're not a mutant, you can't be one. So it's kind of funny that the movie, part of the plot, is kind of the opposite. Yeah. But um, it, it's not that often now that I leave the theater and I really, really want to seek out more information about the making of a movie and what the studio politics were, and I really want to do reading and, and watch some behind the scenes, and I want to know everything about how this movie was made because it should not have worked at yeah. all. And uh, boy, did it ever, I think. So uh, I guess that's good enough for spoiler territory, or till spoiler territory. All right. Willie, your thoughts on Deadpool? Very impressive feat. Well done, everybody, honestly. I was, I went into it uh, optimistic. I, you know, I, the trailer was funny and I was like, oh, all right, they might have, they might have nailed this, but it's a big difference between watching two minutes and 30 seconds of that and watching an hour and a half of that. Yeah. Um, but they pulled it off. I mean, there's a few jokes that land flat, obviously. Any any movie that has laughs, you're not going to laugh at every joke. It, it, it's totally up to your whatever your sense of humor is to find what's funny. But I laughed most of the time. Um, the action was great. It didn't sacrifice one for the other too often. Mm-hmm. Found a good balance of that. <clears throat> um, most of the effects work is really good. There's a few parts where it does feel a little cheap in the CG area, but that's because it was cheap in the CG area. Mm-hmm. And now that it's doing gangbusters and it's the highest like opening for an R-rated film of all time, they'll probably give more money for the sequel. They should. Um, 
they're not too Especially if they're going to do certain things with the sequel that they might talk about. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. Um, the soundtrack is really good. <laughs> like, all the source music is really good. Yeah. Um, they yeah, they use some very funny '90s selections that I enjoyed quite a bit. Even the non-source music, the like 32-bit <coughs> gong hits. Yeah. like I don't even know what that's. There was some weird stuff called, going on, but yeah. I kind of enjoyed it a lot for what it was. And like, the, the rap in the middle of the movie that's yeah. like basically an intro. The Deadpool rap. Yes. So good. It's, it's hilarious. so weird. <laughs> um, but it fits the movie. And that's one thing I will say that the structure. Um, of the story is very weird, the way the movie's kind of structured because it's you're you, this isn't a spoiler, but you're cutting back and forth through two different time periods for a good portion of the movie, and then it's all straightforward. Yeah, from about there. half the movie. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're back on where we need to be. Which, awesome. but, and I don't think this would work in every movie, but this movie, like, like Deadpool is such a manic and crazy character, and he's so all over the place that I think it does work for this movie which is not yeah. something i would normally feel i don't mind flashbacks in a movie it doesn't feel the, but the amazing thing is that it doesn't feel like family guy asides which i think no was, they're long enough yeah they're not bite-sized they're like a like a good snack and um i think what works about it is the flashback stuff generally is a little more dramatic and yeah. serious and they're totally that you're getting you're getting that out of those those flashback uh scenes and then the stuff in the present, you're mostly getting the comedy and the action and the, the craziness that you come to expect from a movie like this. And they balance the two really well. And there's t- moments when the two kind of interplay with each other where you get the dramatic side when he's become Deadpool mm-hmm. and you get the reverse. I, I, they did a really great job. And I, and I think, um, honestly, everybody should be, you know... This movie's not for everybody. I'll say that. It's just not. Um, I don't think... Everybody's going to love this, and it's totally understandable. Deadpool is not a character that everybody will enjoy. I normally don't, but I think Ryan Reynolds is charming. It's such a perfect mixture of obnoxious and charming that I'm like, okay, yep, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, I'm buying into this guy. And he could have gone either way, too far either way, and he didn't. So great job, everybody. Like, this is a passion project for all – This is absolutely is, so. a labor of love. Yeah, yeah. you can tell these guys. And that's great. Every frame has something interesting in it, and, and yeah, there's it shows. Yeah, it's it really shows cool. some people care about what they're making. Yeah, <laughs> it really does, and it doesn't happen often enough. Sometimes, mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate. No. Yeah, it's go see it if you have any inkling to watch something different and crazy and and fun. Yeah, you'll have a good time. So yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I've always been a pretty big Ryan Reynolds fan as the one guy in the U.S. that wants to own two guys, a girl, and a pizza place on DVD. Oh my god! Definitely, maybe. Yeah, definitely, maybe as well. But uh, it feels to me like Deadpool's a role that he was like born to play. Like it just works oh, yeah. so well together. And on top of that, the cast of characters around him. Like I, I, at first, I was a little disappointed at how toned down T.J. Miller was, but then I was like, no, it works really well for the role that he's in. He's like that sarcastic kind of apathetic side character about as close to the straight man as you got in yeah, this movie which is weird for tj miller but it suited him pretty well oh yeah and um and i also liked how much fun it made of the x-men as well like, I think <laughs> yeah, it, it just kind of like doesn't hold any punches as to how ridiculous some of the x-men universe and movies yeah. and everything are and uh, and I wasn't really even expecting that for some reason, even though I knew that there were certain people in the movie. I had no idea they would go as far as they did with yeah. some of the jokes <laughs> yeah. and some of the like 
the the meta yeah. stuff in the movie and it was a pleasant surprise absolutely absolutely but it just it's just you're right i really want to know more about the studio's interaction with this movie because i want to know why they were willing to just kind of be like this is yours mm-hmm. or like maybe they weren't and but they knew what they were doing still maybe they just like it, it feels like this movie is everybody cooperating on a correct level. Yeah. The fact that there's a poster out there that just looks like a rom com, yeah. and it comes out in in Valentine's Day, that's beautiful. Like I I love that poster. I posted it on our Instagram today because I just think it's ridiculous that there's a completely non characteristic poster out for this movie. Yeah. And that they were willing to do that kind of thing, and that just kind of shows that everybody involved was absolutely like in tune or willing to talk I think and maybe they took a cue as they should i mean i think that a lot of when something is successful c- competition should look at it and say why was it successful and mm-hmm. i think a lot of the marketing for like ant-man for example was very funny mm-hmm. some of the guardian and, stuff too yeah exactly mm-hmm. and people responded to it and somebody at fox must have sat for it and said guys mm-hmm. yeah let's do that <laughs> like let's let's let these guys do what they need to do in order to make this thing a success. Which is interesting because James Gunn kind of came out and was like kind of really butthurt about it, thinking like, I really hope that Hollywood doesn't learn the wrong lessons from Deadpool in terms of like, oh, we can make rated R raunchy comic book movies now. No, I don't think he was butthurt. He congratulated everybody involved. He's like, That's, it's amazing. But but it butthurt <clears throat> about Hollywood's like overwhelming obsession acceptance of the movie now that it's breaking a bunch of records yeah i think i think his concern i read a little bit of that and i think his concern is that like he's worried that now it's going to be instead of responding to deadpool in a way of man look what fox did we can really push the boundaries with this genre we can do different stuff with this genre and taking the basic core concept of pushing it in that direction and doing your own thing and i think what his concern is is Greenlight every raunchy comic book property you can right now because they're killing it. Like greenlight every Mark Millar you know book and greenlight. You know, I get I get what he meant by that. I yeah. think it, it did come off. I can see why it came off a little bit like that happens <laughs> no matter what though. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like that's like trying to fight a problem that that's worth that's worthless. Mm-hmm. That's a waste of tweet space. James Gunn, get out of here. James Gunn likes writing stuff, but yeah, yeah he does. Anyway. I enjoyed gonna, the movie. That, and that's been happening already anyway. How many kickasses and, and Kingsmans and et ceteras have we had? Mm-hmm. 300s, Blades. I mean, this is not new. Watchmen. Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> anyway, I think we all enjoyed the movie more than yes. we expected to. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I'm so relieved. Because yeah. Deadpool, when, when done right, is such a wonderful character. He can have so much heart and and so much insight and such an interesting way to view the superhero world because he's so removed from it and yet right in the middle of it. Like some of my favorite comic books involve Deadpool. Like the Cable and Deadpool issues one to like 35 or 36-ish. Oh my God, it's one of my favorite runs ever. It's so, so good. And it's not only because Cable's in it, but Deadpool is written phenomenally and Mm -hmm. he's interesting and he has interesting things to say. And same with uh, Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force, which is a must-read as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's phenomenal in that. He's like the one character with a lot of heart on a team full of killers. And it's really funny because you see a little bit of that in this movie too where he doesn't want to see – doesn't like see people getting picked on and, and you know, sticks up for, for little people, I think someone even says in this movie too. He doesn't like bullies really. It's kind of, kind of an interesting trait for a psycho to have. 
Do you okay? So, do you guys think it's uh, on the note of the James Gunn discussion? I know some things have kind of come out that Simon Kinberg said that maybe the X Force movie they want to do is going to be rated R. And X Force has to be rated R. And then it's about a group of mutants that kill people. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> if they're not doing like '90s X Force, then yeah, which they're not doing. So they also apparently want Wolverine three to be rated R. Bring it. That's awesome. I'm down. Okay. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to make like the Wolverine video game was so violent. It was insane. Gojo loved it. Gojo loves Wolverine. And he was just, he spent the last 15, 16 years pouting because X, well, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, while Hugh Jackman is a very compelling portrayal of Wolverine, he's been neutered. Yeah. And he's been like, Gojo was the first one to say, Wolverine is not likable. He's not charming. He's small and angry and probably smelly and hairy and, and not pleasant to be around. Yeah. Super Canadian. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just and with a bloodlust. <laughs> and the little the little glimmers of that we got in X Men too are the best things of Wolverine we've ever yeah. seen. The, like, the, the little the yeah that but like the actual flashbacks to the uh, Alkali Lake mm. facility. Oh my god, it's so cool. I'm and it's supposedly the the. Uh, Director's cut, unrated cut of uh, the Wolverine is awesome. It's really good. I've heard it's awesome. It's really good. And, like, yeah, really pretty yeah, but... violent, but in like a great way. Yeah, but in a classy way. It's not. Yeah, Wolverine. I mean, rated R doesn't. It doesn't it... have to mean guts flying. No, at the yeah, screen. you don't have to have like Saving Private Ryan level horror in it. <laughs> but you know, it's okay to push the envelope with Wolverine. I mean, he's a guy who was pretty much designed around being a killing machine. Yeah. Especially if they're doing like an old crotchety old man Logan type thing, which they should. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Plus, all the people that went and saw the first X Men movies anyway are they're all, our age. Yeah, yeah they're going to go. Nobody see Nobody younger than us cares. about Yeah, they're going to be. They're going to. They want to see what Spider Man's up to. Yeah, yeah. All right, we can get into spoiler Terry for Deadpool. So we will be right back. Welcome to the spoiler pool for Dead Terry. Did you jump in the deep end, Alex? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you get oxygen <laughs> deprivation? Is that why you can't talk? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I like the opening credits to this movie. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah, great. Just they so, instantly yeah. set up the tone of that it's, movie. It's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful thing. Rob Liefeld, little Rob Liefeld. I was, I was chuckling throughout the opening credits and then... For some reason, and man, this is just so juvenile. As soon as the reveal of the wedgie happened, that's when I started laughing really hard. <laughs> I know I heard you for I was just like, look at that. He's got the guy in a wedgie. It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> it, it turned you into a child. Instantly. Oh, dude, yeah, it was great. It was, uh, what a great mechanic, too, because when it when it actually unfolds 12 minutes later, whenever it actually happens, you're you're seeing all those beats get set up, and mm-hmm. then you see the you see him pushing the cigarette later, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that from the beginning. Yep. And yeah. it's just good filmmaking. Like planting these little seeds, these these things of significance, and then when you, when it actually happens in real time, and you see him grab the guy, and you hear the wedgie stretching noise, <laughs> and it's whipped around the SUV by his underwear. It's awesome. Yeah. Like not only is it funny, but it was really cool. I was like, man, this is and the even just the little quick interior shot of the SUV when it did the anti gravity thing, where they all flew across the inside of the car and the glass went everywhere. I was like, man, that's a two second shot, and it was so much cooler than anything in any X Men movie I've ever seen before. Oh man, super good. awesome, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the credits, like the actual cr- credits themselves. 
Yeah, like Hilarious. evil British guy because you got to have one of those in every movie. Yeah. Like produced by asshats. Right, <laughs> <laughs> the writers, the real heroes. The real heroes here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good. The stuff. asshats one just really made me laugh. It's just produced simple. By yeah. Produced by asshats. It was really good. The, I think th- there was another Nick and Alex are the only ones laughing, but maybe I was just laughing so hard that when we saw it on Valentine's Day. Yeah, because I feel like um, the Captain Deadpool line. Oh in, yeah, in the rap song, like nobody's paying that much attention to it. But as soon as you hear them, like it's a pretty big hit in the song. And when they say Captain Deadpool, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, it, it was, was very interesting. Actually, I'm really glad I saw the movie twice and at two really different times of the day because I kind of want to do this all the time now. Because when we saw it on Saturday, Saturday at night, it was night. Yeah, and it was a much more lively crowd. Everybody was laughing throughout. People were were very they were responding to the jokes, and then ooh, at the actually when the guy's body went flying and smashed on the freeway sign, and yeah. guts went everywhere. Everyone was like ooh. But when we saw it the next afternoon, everybody was a little more tame, and they were like laughs. But, but again, it was like you and me during Hail Caesar. We were laughing really hard, and nobody <laughs> yeah. else was. It was uh, it was interesting. It's inter- yeah, the, I mean, a movie like this, the crowd can can really change things. I think. So. Yeah. I am happy. The first time I saw it was with a big, oh yeah, big crowd though. Yeah. It's it's so uproarious and just ridiculous and yeah. I um, I really enjoyed Deadpool's fighting style. Yes, really quickly because one of the one of the wonderful things about again about Cable and Deadpool was they got into the habit on like pages two and three. Like you'd see the first page or the first page is usually a recap page where he was breaking the fourth wall and telling the reader like last issue. And it was usually funny. And then you would open it and you'd have this insane two page spread of him like front and center wrapped around like two guys with an Uzi in one hand and then a sword in the other. And you'd have like 35 guys surrounding him all in varying states of mortality and they were always so much fun to look at. And you'd be like, you see a guy hanging from the rafters in the background there and a guy pinned to a wall with size over there. And he would always be like weirdly contorted around in the middle of spouting off a bunch of dialogue. And eventually, like a page or two later, somebody would ask him to shut up, please. And like, and he would just shoot them. And it was just this kind of feat of multitasking and, yeah. and acrobatics that was really fun to, wa- to always anticipate in each of these issues. It was kind of like the theme in The Killing. Like you heard it, you knew it was coming. Yeah. And you'd get to these cable and Deadpool issues and know eventually there had to be this crazy two page spread and it was it was never got old. And in the movie there's a lot of those instances where he's doing these he's a big fan of like the spinning kicks and lots of like flips and he's very nimble and acrobatic and it was really fun to see that get translated so effectively. Yeah, it's really cool. Um He's got like the most chaotic style of fighting. Mm-hmm. It just matches his personality completely. But he's so he's like super skilled too, so it's it's like he can shut it off every once in a while and like yeah, shit done. and that comes up in the books all the time, too, when people are fighting and they're like, because of his healing factor is so supercharged, he's like an energizer bunny. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't need stamina is not a thing for right. him. He's constantly ready to fight immediately. Yeah. And so it's just exhausting for people to fight him because he just and he won't stop talking. Bounces around. Yeah. Like and it's mania. just distracting <laughs> and annoying and throws you off kilter. And he would count down his bullets in like a in like a gunfight. And it was it was. Really cool to see a character get adapted so well. I mean, it really is a great adaptation and didn't really have to cut any shit. Like his his origin story is pretty much intact and it's every bit as sad for the most part. Yeah. The only thing that I wish had been in there was when he was in that facility in the books, he was hated uh, by like the, the overseers, kind of like uh, Ajax in the mm-hmm. movie. <clears throat> Not only because he wouldn't stop talking, but because he was always joking, the other patients around him like would laugh and they'd have like some hope and would not be as like broken down as they wanted him to be. So they hated Wade even more because he was like this like Patch Adams kind of character who kind of kept people's spirits buoyed. 
And then when the place did burn down, he was the only one to survive. And like, you all, get a all, tiny bit of that with his buddy. But though. the one guy, yeah, yeah. kind of would have been nice to kind of have like a scene where everybody's kind of laughing at Ajax because of his name, because of Francis. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a small complaint. It was, uh, it was really well done. Yeah, I remember Ajax feeling. Like, I remember feeling pretty bad when the place like burned down around him, and he climbs out of the ashes. You're like, oh, this is sad. Yeah, man, this poor guy. Is Ajax a Deadpool villain? Is that is he? The name is. It exists out there. Okay, somewhere. I don't. I'm not. I was just curious if you knew because I. I didn't know if he popped up in Cable and Deadpool. So no, I don't think he does in Cable and Deadpool. Okay. But he is out there as some sort of villain. Um, they wanted to do Garrison Kane. You know, okay, Kane. Yep. But it was too much money, and they wanted somebody else too. They were going to have two villains, two or three villains okay. actually. But it's again, it's good that it's just the one guy. Yeah, keep it simple. Um, Stanley's cameo was hysterical. Oh, Might man. be the best Stanley cameo. Oh, Alex God. was laughing so hard. It was unbelievable. And his voice. <laughs> just his voice yeah. came in before they even showed him. And Alex was just doing that laugh. <laughs> He's got really... such a recognizable voice. Yeah, and then you yeah. hear him announcing candy to come out on the stage. And you're like, what is going <laughs> on? And then you hear that on? little line where he says, you can't buy love, but you can rent it for three minutes <laughs> in the background. <laughs> like, ew, Stan. Yeah. So weird. You're like someone's great grandpa. And there he is. <laughs> oh, my God. I was hoping you like... Like there was gonna be a stripper doing a twirl or something, and he'd say Excelsior. Ah, like, <laughs> oh, that would have been good. But um, no, that was really funny. Um, I know you wanted to talk about fourth wall moments, correct? Your, kind of our favorite fourth wall moments. I just want to mention mine real quick. Since yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, the it was just a little little line about he's being dragged away by Colossus, and he he says uh, he's like, I'm gonna take you to the professor, and he's like. McAvoy or Stewart? I can't. I can't figure out these timelines. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it, it was so good because, like, I'm surprised the studio was okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's one of those things. Like, he's clearly shitting on what's going on. Like, a little because we're all very confused by how that works. Yeah. And I love that he the, the Deadpool action figure from Origins was one that made that me laugh was so hard. I thought they were going to do more with that. I swear to God, I thought they were going to do more. With it was that. just enough. It that was. and the line about sewing his mouth shut. He threatened yeah. to sew his mouth yeah. shut, and he was like, "Yeah, I wouldn't do that." I think if it had been close, like if this had come out closer to when Origins came out, they'd be lampooning that thing constantly but probably but uh it was no, just it was enough funny. to remind everybody like Ew. <laughs> and it was it was clever enough that some people might not even get it they might just be like what's that mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> i looked at that action figure i was like what god was that like, was oh. funny <laughs> oh that's right yeah um i did watch there was real quick there was a tiny little um they were doing a press junket for um what's that eddie the eagle yes yeah yeah and then ryan reynolds crashed it and he sat down and interviewed you, Jackman. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, he goes. So whose idea was it to give Eddie the eagle, the laser eyes, and and the, and the arm swords? <laughs> and and he said, it was so good. And Hugh Jackman, he can just he, he can't help but just he's got a mixture of laughter and shame yeah. going on. Like I don't know what to tell you. There, there was another part where Ryan's like, so I heard. There's a question here from uh, Brian Reynolds. Of, Brian Reynolds of <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> and he's like. Uh, so, uh, he, he says here that he heard somewhere that you had lifts put in your shoes to appear taller than some of your co-star. co-star yeah. A certain co-star in X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Jackman's like, yeah, that is true. But everything in that story and everything in that movie was made for the purpose of the characters and for and, the fan. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. To, to further character. Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And Ryan Reynolds gives him a look like, <laughs> <laughs> like, was it Hugh? And the, the, the final part, I'm going to spoil the whole thing. The final part, he's like, I wanted to do some role play with you i'm gonna here's this uh here's this hold on to it and he hands him a knife and then <laughs> and then ryan reynolds says something he goes, he's got a knife <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then he jackman's like 
That's not oh, a knock. <laughs> it's so good. The good. two of them are so fun. Like, it almost makes me wish that we could see the two characters together because the two have chemistry. It's really yeah. right. Yeah. It could right. happen. could happen. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was a tangent. but uh, We should talk about, real quick, connecting back to our production limitations. There were some budget cuts that hit Deadpool, and that essentially led to a lot of action getting cut and things like that. But the way that they dealt with that in the movie is basically they were like, oh, Deadpool forgot all of his ammo <laughs> yeah. all the time. So they didn't have to show these hugely long protracted sequences and it kind of served the purpose of the character. Which too. is something to look forward to in a sequel too. Now, yeah. like, Presuming they'll get a lot more money, we might have some insane like two-minute tracking shot of Deadpool just wiping out a building. Mm-hmm. Some of those glimpses of gun battle, sword battle stuff were really like during the Deadpool rap when he comes down the stairs in the basement and he runs along the wall and does like a little shoulder roll and yeah. kills a bunch of guys. I was watching it just like, man, I am enjoying watching this so much. Mm-hmm. Like this action is so much fun to watch and how bringing that, you know, hiring like the guy from like Tron Legacy basically who played Rinsler, hiring somebody like that who's so nimble and can, can execute these sequences was so much yeah. fun to watch knowing that they, they were, seemed like they were going practical where they could. Mm-hmm. Especially with the costume. But then, man, the mask. I got to talk about the mask. Mm. The mask is so cool. The mask is so important. The I Jim Carrey too. film? Yeah. Cameron Diaz is banging in that movie. <laughs> it's out of control. She's never looked better. Uh, no, the Jamie Kennedy son of mask, actually, oh, is what okay. I want to talk okay. about. No, Deadpool's mask in this movie is so, so much fun to watch. Like I'm constantly, throughout the movie, just watching it, watching for like the eyebrow raises and the eyes squinting and widening. And it was just, I was waiting for, there's a couple times in the books where he'll smile and the grin actually goes across <laughs> the mask and it's never not hilarious. And Oh, the inclusion of the reservoir tip on the mask was really good. Yeah. <laughs> you really would enjoy that also. Gotta have the reservoir tip. Yeah. Um, but the that mask was so much so much fun to watch and i think really important obviously for a character like that who spends most of his time under the mask which again nice that they a kept deadpool disfigured and b kept him in the mask most of the time yeah he um, only took out the mask when it made sense yeah exactly and being able to connect to that character because i mean obviously we do a lot of our communication with each other through facial expressions and body yeah. language and that and it, being able to incorporate that instead of just having like you know, watch, go back and watch the first couple Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. And, like, you're relying, not that they're bad or that Toby is bad, but you're relying 100% on the voice and body language and being able to add that element. I mean, Spider-Man should have that. Yeah. Like Spider-Man masks really should have some sort of animated eyes. I think it would be really cool. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it only works in this movie because of the nature of Deadpool's character. It having eyes like that, it seemed, but it, it was believable. I feel like they're talking about having a more expressive face with the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah, there's been rumors something about him having out. some sort of mechanical eye pieces that, eye yeah, that move. Yeah, that would be really cool. But yeah, if I it's done I, well, I'm all for I it. I think I'd be in favor of that, or at least the eyebrows. I mean, having that that ability to kind of because not like even no no matter how well the mask is designed, it's going to be so terribly hard for any kind of expression to come out. So the idea that they could animate it on there. Yeah. And that it looked as good as it did. And the guys who have played Spider-Man, both Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire, have done a great job with their body language, mm-hmm. telling a lot of what they're doing and the way that they'll go into those casual walk around. This. And especially Andrew Garfield in Amazing Spider-Man had a lot yeah. of great moments of, of his body language. So it's it's not that it can't be done, but I'm so glad they did it with this, this movie. Yeah. It was just made such a difference. Uh, what other spoilers? Should we talk post-credits real quick? Sure. My God, the Ferris Bueller. The second it started, and I saw the wallpaper, I, know you I lost my yeah. shit. I didn't. It, 
Just, I mean, that was how incredible. I was just it's, laughing. It's perfect. Then he comes around the corner in the robe, yep. and uh, yeah, it's pure gold. And then the mention of cable, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they're not lying about. I think they're no. pretty. They're pretty. I actually went that. back and looked at. I, so I've I've tweeted like six tweets in the last eight years, and uh, <laughs> one of them was to 20th Century Fox because Ryan Reynolds said in an interview like a year ago or a couple months back tweeted. that he wanted cable yeah. in the next movie, and I, I tweeted 20th Century and said, "Give the people what they want." Obviously. Uh, no, I think that's great. I'm I love cable, as is well documented on this podcast. And I hope that they don't cast Stephen Lang. <laughs> and I hope that they do cast somebody really good and that they can just kind of pull right from cable and Deadpool because honestly, that's all you gotta do. Yeah. <clears throat> it's already there. There's there's some there's a Kira Knightley Photoshop out there. I think I put yeah, it in the it's group. It's really text. good. I was disappointed it wasn't her with a flat top though, <laughs> like you were saying. <laughs> Super butch. Yeah. That was funny. I just got I, a bit I have of, no idea who you would cast though, and that's a hard that's a hard part to cast. But it depends what they want to do with him. But anyway, who did he say in the movie? All, like Mel Dolph Gibson. Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren and Mel Gibson. He yeah, mentioned and, yeah. and Karen Knightley. Yeah. Um, I just got a bit of of listener mail here. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Ooh. She doesn't realize that it's going to be on the podcast, mm. and I'll leave her anonymous for now. But um, she just texts me. You know how in movies people break the fourth wall by talking to the camera? What are the first, second, and third walls? <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's, the, is I, what's know. the what's the what's the reasoning behind the? That? It's the idea that like <clears throat> on TV, if you're looking at something, there's typically three walls built because the fourth wall is what the camera's being. Sure, I get that. Shot so they're from. breaking through. So the, you're breaking the through the fourth, fourth wall, wall and the... talking to the camera. Okay, that's kind interesting. of interesting. Okay, you know, I guess I never knew the or like what the reasoning behind that was. Yeah, it's it's not. It's there's not no a... actual listener. I just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's yeah. Willie's burning questions. Yes. <laughs> Um, I can't really think of anything else. Uh, it's just, it's a good time. Colossus. It was fun to see Colossus. Oh yeah, that's a great. That's a great thing to mention. This is the best portrayal of probably an X Man that we've ever seen. Yeah. Oh God, that New Mutants costume on Negasonic Teenage Warhead was so good too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She. I actually really enjoyed her. She was. She, she was a lot. She was a lot of fun for something that you kind of could call what it was going to be. I think she pulled it off very well. Yeah, it was very you cool. Know. Yeah, as a Nikki turned to me at one point because you know they're they're walking down the 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 slow mo walk to mm-hmm. the DMX music, which was awesome. Because mm-hmm. I was really hoping it was going to be in the movie. <laughs> and um, Nikki turns to me and goes, "I really wonder what she does." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she was really excited to see what she did. She was not disappointed. Kim so. turned to me at that point. She goes, "He forgot his bag. He left his bag in the car again." <laughs> and I was like, "Give it a beat." <laughs> Let it play out. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, no, it was really funny. Though, right away, she noticed and was like, no. Kim's a very observant person. Deadpool, what are you going to do? She is, like, during movies, she's particularly... It's and life. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, she'll walk into the apartment and go, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> if something's moved. Or if nothing's moved. Why did you not move anything? <laughs> uh, let's hope she doesn't listen to this episode. I don't think she will. But... Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's all the beats of comedy landed. I think, as far as I'm concerned, especially like Willie pointed out, the uh, the music is all really good. That whole sequence was really really funny. Cue the music, mm-hmm. the Captain Deadpool rap, excellent. <laughs> that that whole joke. I mean, that that was really funny and just simple. Yeah. No, just just yeah. Yeah. It was Deadpool. But the fact that it comes back up in that in that song, it's <laughs> yeah. just, you're like, okay, we're over that moment, and then it's like, it just Captain Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, that was Lonely Island. I'm fairly certain it wasn't. It, no, it, it was sounded some so band much called like, like 
fist punch death or something. <laughs> yeah. It, sounds, it might, it might so be much, them under a pseudonym. It but, no, like it said it was guys. written by two other guys. I looked for it in the credits the next time because I was like, I'm probably going to buy this on iTunes because it's really good. It just reminded me of so much of like 9.95, like yeah. uh, that era. Yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a rap song written for the yes. movie that describes the whole plot of what's going yes, on. Yes, yeah. that's, that's something that probably isn't lacking in movies today, but it was really refreshing. No, we could use a few here yeah, and there. Right? Here and there. Yeah. Why can't I have a, a theme song for it? Just Usually, in the middle yeah. of Captain America Civil War. Team <laughs> head kick. <laughs> like, Team head kick. Civil War. <laughs> yeah, just get really Like a intense. touch from Transformers. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, see? I just watched uh, Speed with Keanu Reeves, and Speed has a theme song, which I forgot. Does it really? Yeah, there's a theme song at the end. It's like, speed, <laughs> give me what I need. <laughs> and, like, it's really bad, but it's awesome. That's like, really good. It's like, yes! Yeah. I like the, uh, was it Eddie Van Halen or Stevie Ray Vaughan? One of those guys played, like, all the guitar licks for Twister, and they're so amazing oh, they're at incredible. the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, they wrote that song for Twister, that That's one so song. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. The weirdest, like, cross-promotion. Like, they had an album coming out at that point, too. It was like, <laughs> let's cross-promote with Twister. Yondabon's masterpiece. <laughs> Why not? Twister. Oh, man. Oh boy! All right, good old Deadpool. You you pulled it off. Yep. Yes, well done. Can you do it twice? We will see. Maybe we shall see. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman's actual inclusion in the movie is one of the oh, funniest yeah, we didn't parts talk of the movie. About that at all. <laughs> the mask. I I was really glad actually. I got to see this before Alex, and then I got to be with him seeing it because I knew all the parts he was going to laugh really hard at, and I couldn't wait. And you were totally correct. I'm and sure. the, the Hugh Jackman reveal, I was just waiting. I was like, "Here we go, here we go, here we go," waiting for that it. Was and, oh, he was stapled so to his head, <laughs> with the eyes cut out and everything. It's the idea that he was like anticipating that happening. It was like he was ready for it, and it's so. It's so in fitting with the, it's in keeping with the character. Like mm-hmm. he would do that. He'd go into battle with that. Just be, not even anticipating it. Just because it would amuse him. Yeah. Like to him, this would be really funny. Oh, that's really good. I mean, there's a. Nah, it's not really related. We'll talk about it later. It's just a Deadpool thing from the comic that I thought was particularly hilarious. But another time. Take okay. it offline. All right. Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook, Vine, and all those other places. We might be there, so take a look. MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 165-plus bonus episodes with full show notes. Uh, you can go there to find out where you can skip over spoiler theories and other things that you don't want to hear. And uh, store.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Go there to shop. And get your very own Midwest Film Nerds or Midwest Game Nerds podcast hoodies or t-shirts or drink cozies or donate to the show even. And uh, yeah. So do. Next week is probably, I don't want to curse it, but I'll say it anyway. The Vitch. Yeah, the Vitch. Um, so stay tuned. That'll, that'll happen. And uh, yeah. Look for us on the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Where we talk about the adapted screenplay nominees for the Oscars. And uh, that's about it. Kyle XY, go watch a movie.